Hey, oh, bad boys. Welcome back to Normies Like Us, the podcast that reminds you it is hip to be square. Today, we're taking you through the unsung superhero assistants. We've got orphans and leotards having inappropriate relationships with their heroes. Cross punches? Nope. It's sidekicks. Holy rested metal Batman! Any trouble inside, Bucky? There are Hydra soldiers everywhere. But the brave Calder accepted his king's offer and became... We're back. Welcome to Normies Like Us with your host, just the two of us, Colin. Joe? I guess, what do you think, Karate Colin? Like, there's not really like a good sidekick name I can sort of break up to throw on. <laughs> that works. And, and like you said, we're here without our sidekick, Mike, or... Our sidekick, you know, he'll ma- love that. Maybe, maybe we're his sidekicks, and that's why we're doing this. I don't know. But one of the things I want to explore in this episode is, is, is sidekick a dirty word? Is it bad to be a sidekick? Yeah, if if we're going by the sky-high Disney feature rules, right? Isn't that the thing <laughs> that they're demoted to being the sidekicks? That's yeah, how I go through sidekick my life, is, so that makes sense. I, I know, because you're, you're always trying to see if your powers are about to come at puberty. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess sidekick is a dirty word. But, you know, we pitched each other this episode because I think, like, it's an interesting thing to talk about. This is one of, like, I think three just you and I talking about comic book tropes or people. Go back, readers of this podcast, check out our Wolverine episode, our Captain America episode. Yeah, I think we even did one. um, I think those are the two, right? I think those might just be the two. We did villains as well with Mike, and that was kind of a a deep dive on just the idea of of villains. This is that for sidekicks, the idea of sidekicks. Yeah, we're going broader, but we're limiting it to, we're going to do the big two. We're going to be talking Marvel versus DC bad guys, or I'm sorry, bad guys. You got me thinking about bad guys now. (laughs) Sidekicks, who's got the best out of the big two? Um... Because really, like, when we were talking, you know, comic book villains as well, we sort of limited it to those big two as well. You're not going to be talking, like, who is the weird comic book side, like the old Scrooge McDuck comics, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie, you know, kids, I guess, you know, something like that. But no, we're talking Bucky, we're talking Robin. Which is interesting, because, you know, we talked villains, and there's that huge trope of old sidekicks becoming anti-heroes or villains. So I'm excited to dive deep and talk about some of our favorite characters who just happen to be sidekicks. All right, let's hit him. We're back. We're talking comics. Let's start there, Joe, because that is sort of the origin of the sidekicks in comics, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's the birthplace of the trope, right? I mean, you've seen it applied to other movies and TV shows and stuff like that. But sidekicks were first introduced in the comic books. Colin, you want to give us a a little bit of a history lesson on, on when and how? Let's talk about the big one. It's May. It's 1940. It's Robin the Boy Wonder. The Boy Wonder. He's appearing in Detective Comics. I mean, early on, you know, in the first couple, because literally... And it says Bob Kane. Should we get into the Bill Finger debate? No. Obviously, he's on <laughs> yeah, there, too. that's for another episode. I yeah. mean, I think we talked a little bit about that with Batman. I'm positive like, that we did. Yeah. But obviously, he threw in a bunch of ideas for it as well, because I'm sure otherwise it would have just been a kid in a literal bird suit if it was just <laughs> with Bob a gun. Kane. Yeah, yeah, something terrible like that. 
but uh, he was introduced as the first sidekick because, hey, I want teens reading these books. You know, I'm getting a lot of kids reading these books because they like Batman, but they're not relating to Batman. Yeah, what if they saw themselves? How are we going to do that? Oh, okay, well, what if we just took Batman's origin story and applied it to a little kid and had him run around with Batman? Yeah, I don't know. You say that, but should he be a genius detective? No, let's just let him be like a little gymnast boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, he'll prance around in a leotard. He'll wear his underwear on the outside of his suit. Um, Definitely the weirdest superhero costume to be introduced in, right? Red, I mean, yellow, and just green, like, just those colors. Oh, the colors, sure. And the fact that it's like no pants, just uh, just... A, a leotard i guess or you know like yeah. little booties and and underwear for your first look yeah and you feel comfortable i mean how many people in your life have you referred to or introduced as the boy wonder or or my ward <laughs> oh <laughs> like, ward not a whole lot I've ward not been like, is a uh, rough one yeah that's me it's joe the boy wonder now people were yeah. not saying that when i was a now kid. you inherited those millions you wear that turtleneck that um, true. you're always taking in troubled teens <laughs> that's what i'm known for uh you know we're not talking movies or tv shows yet but I always thought the best parody of it. I don't know if you ever saw Venture Brothers got our actual yeah. boy, Kevin Conroy, our Batman, to voice Captain Sunshine and Wonder Boy was the sort of parody they had of yeah. their Batman Superman. It's too funny, man. I yeah. mean, this is like something that you in- you introduce in 1940 and it has not gone away. I mean, that's a no. staple of comic books. They've kind of retooled the idea. I mean, you see a lot of it being referred to less as sidekicks and more partnerships at this point. Yeah, they weren't making those jokes back in the 1940s, I guess, but we all get a wink at it. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's interesting to think because Robin, obviously a sidekick, sure. You would not think of, like, Jubilee as a sidekick to Wolverine, though. They're both just X-Men. Right. No, totally. Like, if you do go back, readers, and check out those two episodes that we did solo on comic books, yes, the Batman episode, Robin, he's our boy, but Wolverine, like, he's a teacher to younger mutants. And I mean, I guess we'll get into the bigger debate of this episode, Normies, is like, a lot of people, are they sidekicks? Is Miles Morale the sidekick to Peter Parker? They go on adventures together, but really, do they coincide a lot? Not very often. Does a a mentorship in comic books automatically mean sidekick? I would say no, right out the gate. No, because you've got weird Jubilee as a vampire now who (laughs) is an adult woman with her own child, and like, if I looked at it just as an adult who grew up with it, I would say, well, no, that's not a sidekick to Wolverine. They're both mature adults in the X-Men world, but no, they certainly started out that way as a little, uh, uh, you know, kid and kid and play yeah i mean it is like that that mentorship and partnership where it's like one is obviously leading the other and i guess we should say like in the early days it was pretty clear who was in charge right like a lot of adventures in early detective comics are oh robin got kidnapped i gotta go save robin like you see a lot of that we've kind of moved away from that and seeing more of like these characters balance each other out thematically, and one is teaching the other. Yes, there's a quote from a great podcaster, Scott Ackerman, who said, like, look, you know, Robin Godzuki from our Godzilla episode, you know, Godzilla's child, obviously easy pans to the younger audience. But you're right, like, they clearly started out that way, but they've developed much more interesting characteristics or even character themselves because writers just say, hey, we've got this guy. Let's make Dick Grayson the new Batman. Yeah. And, you know, I'll say right out the gate, like, a lot of sidekicks have gone on to become some of my favorite characters in comic books. 
Dick Grayson as Nightwing, as Robin, not as Agent Grayson in Spiral, not a, not as that version, but even when he was Batman, one of my favorite characters, uh, Bucky, who goes on to become the Winter Soldier, and then Captain America, and then the Winter Soldier again, one of my favorite characters. What a history. All right, <laughs> let's talk about Bucky for a second, because that's obviously the first Marvel introduction of a sidekick. If it's Marvel, because again, remember, it's timely. It's yeah, 1941. Timely it's Captain America comic books. That's that's not something Stan Lee owns. No. And if you're interested in hearing more about the history of that, go back to almost a year ago now for 4th of July last year, Weird. we did Captain America and gave you a rundown on the history of him, including these weird times where it was like not Marvel comics, just a character that was independent entirely meant to, you know fight Hitler and sell war bonds. And we review the astounding 90s film. But Bucky appeared from Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, who said, like, again, like, you know, a lot of people were getting drafted to the war. Cap would have a young sidekick. He would have a young ward, quote-unquote, or friend who would be there with him as a compatriot. And, Kong, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, like, 1941, right? 1941, March to Robin's 1940 May. So, yeah, like, right if you're afterwards. looking at it yeah, as a timeline, who's the winner there? Obviously, DC. Yeah. But, like, that's something to talk about as well, because Stan Lee very famously wasn't really a fan of the whole sidekick thing. That wasn't really a vibe that he liked he was kind of more famous for wanting heroes to just directly uh relate to the audience like spider-man was not a sidekick even though he was only you know 16 years old when he was bit he was just a kid who was a superhero not a sidekick no true believers in fact if you look at the fantastic four they were a family even a young family but they still worked together as principal characters yeah, the x-men no one is a sidekick to anyone else they're just the x-men yeah and you wouldn't say charles is the leader with everybody else as the sidekicks you would say they're the x-men dot yeah, dot dot exactly and then charles is the leader of of the group but that's again like you know maybe cyclops is the leader sometimes storm is x-men like no one is i don't think there's really much of a hierarchy beyond like getting that x getting that x x gonna <laughs> give it to you uh let's talk just for a second um we've talked a little bit about the past that's definitely the start of the big two let's talk about a couple of the future like the most recent introduced sidekicks in the big two before we pit everybody against each other the big one I want to talk about is Wally West, Kid Flash, oh, yeah. a.k.a. The Flash, a.k.a. The First Wally West. Yeah, I mean, DC Comics have, well, not just DC, all comics have always been so convoluted in their, their histories and stuff. It's like, yeah, Wally West is Kid Flash now, but he's also been The Flash before. Right. Like, I mean, this isn't a new weird. character. If you're a 90s fan of comic books, you grew up with Wally West maybe being your Flash. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of fans, I would say, think about him as their Flash. And even, you know, I was, I was on Twitter the other day and someone was like, you know, the DCEU, their version of Flash, they called him Barry Allen and they gave him Barry Allen's origin story, but they played him like Wally West. Yeah, I'd like to see Ezra Miller maybe be called Wally, actually. Yeah. You know, that's what Adam Brody was going to be in Justice League Mortal, the uh, the uh, failed, oh, you know, Justice League standalone I did not film. know that. Yeah. See, and that's even like a mainstream film just jumping right to a second iteration of a character who started as a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. you don't even need to get the whole backstory of like, well, you know, there was a Golden Age Flash, and actually there was Jay Garrick, too. It's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, you just say out loud, there were a ton of these characters, this is the one we're at now. But the reason I bring up Wally, so he's had, 
I mean, would you say a fair treatment in the DC universe? We're literally seeing him be the linchpin, quote unquote, of Rebirth, DC's newest run. We've seen him be the linchpin a lot. I mean, it's interesting that that's happening for Wally, and it kind of mirrors what happened with Superboy back in the day, right? Because Superboy punched the universe and created Crisis on Infinite Earth. I mean, that's kind of what we're seeing with Rebirth with Wally. Or even Barry with Flashpoint sort of being that special guy whose super speed is bringing it all together, blah, blah, blah. But Wally is a character who literally, in Flashpoint, just disappears and is never seen again for the entire New 52. He's replaced by an African-American Wally West. Then in Rebirth, he's introduced as being lost in the timeline because of Dr. Manhattan from uh, the Watchmen universe. And he's returned to set things right, right? Yeah, and this is is such an interesting point to make when we're talking about sidekicks. Because what we're talking about right now is kind of like the reshaping of DC Comics. And how they're using a legacy character, a sidekick, to kind of like bring in old fans while giving something exciting for new fans. Yeah, I was talking in the 50th episode how I was scared about Superman's future, but we also talked about how he was also being used as a linchpin, but really not given a voice. This is kind of how fans feel about Wally. He's not a big character in Rebirth outside of DC's Rebirth number one, which introduces him being pulled out of that time stream and being reintroduced to it all. He was the featured character with Harley Quinn and Booster Gold in Heroes in Crisis, Tom King's latest event book. Did you catch that at all? Uh, I'm not caught up entirely. I think I'm two issues behind. I mean, I like the idea of Heroes in Crisis, but like... A rehab center for PTSD, super afflicted superheroes. It's an interesting idea. If I can spoil some stuff for you, give me a wink if I can or not. I'm I'm waiting for the trade paperback at this point. You know, we get stuck on the same, was it all a dream? Was it all a simulation? Blah, blah, blah. So there's really no character growth for Wally, even though it was promised. And then he's moving past that into his own newest solo run. So this is the reason that I want to bring him up. And what is the new solo run called? I'm, oh, it's just called The Flash, Wally West. You know, oh, okay. the super so they are just fastest just going kid for in the world. Oh, of course. Uh, but a lot of people are upset because it's not exactly the creative team that they want. Uh, you know, it's, it's uh, being done by Scott Lobdell, who a mm. lot of people... Just really dislike. I mean, uh, I can't think off the top of my head anything he's done in the past to deserve such ire, but a lot of people call him the new Rob Liefeld because of his art and writing style is just kind of very generic. And it's one of those things, though, like when people make that complaint, like you still can't deny that, you know, like you wouldn't have Deadpool. You wouldn't have Ryan Reynolds if it wasn't for that. Sometimes it takes a creative voice like that who's just like, I'm going to update old tropes and make them yeah. modern. So for that, maybe he's perfect for the Flash and Kid Flash and what we're talking about today with sidekicks and legacy characters. That is an interesting take. I think you would find a lot of fans would say, how dare you contribute anything from <laughs> Deadpool to Rob Liefeld? But again, he's got that creator right. I think you're absolutely he does. right. I mean, like, yeah, he's he's got a creator right on a lot of stuff. I oh. think he's one of those people that... Uh, can I tell you an interesting thing about Scott Lobdell real quick? Outside of his comic book career, he wrote the screenplay to Happy Death Day and, you know, got the credit oh, for Happy really? Death Day to you. So, wow. again, is this the guy who should be in charge of Wally West? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows, guys? <laughs> That's a weird move, but I'm I'm here for it, I guess. Yeah, I guess I'm here for it. Uh, I've never really been, like, a crazy Flash guy, to be honest. Yes. He's just not a hero that... That, that power set doesn't really speak to me of, like, oh, I, I run real fast. And, like, when they introduced, like, the... 
the time uh what, what is it the speed force and speed like force, like maybe. getting lost in time and stuff like that it just kind of felt like oh how do we make this character interesting we're going to apply like a time travel element to it i don't know it's just not it's not for me i mean i know it's for a lot of people but he is not Ooh, my i don't favorite. know growing up as a 90s kid at comic books you weren't specifically going to that i know i was kind of getting turned off when people would say you know that's not the original flash i'd say okay yeah a little bit yeah do you remember impulse when we had bart allen yeah <laughs> like, like that yeah was a i'll character. jump off and say like the only guy out of those changes of us growing up in those 90s comic book shops is probably kyle rayner for green lantern just because of the costume where i was like oh you know what that actually does look a lot cooler yeah i i do like kyle rayner to be honest like how jordan i always liked kind of is like the old man who shows up like i like him best in like kingdom come and shit like that where he has to have a cigarette in his mouth (laughs) always uh but yeah kyle rayner i don't know i don't know i did like him are other green lanterns sidekicks to the original green lantern yeah see i would say no again this is like one of those those weird arguments where I just want to you know reaffirm that like I don't yeah. think sidekick's a bad word. Everybody's got to start somewhere, and you know like some of our favorite characters have grown out of that. Some of our favorite teams have grown out of that. So after Robin was introduced, that was wildly successful. We got the birth of the Teen Titans. We would not have that without the success of sidekicks. Go. No, 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 not that one. <laughs> that one's fine, too, but, uh, you know. Before we jump into that, will you give me a comic rundown, because you did it to me off-pod, of one of the Marvel-latest sidekicks introduced, Spider-Bite. You know, yeah. I think this is a very interesting one slash side slash sad one, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a, a fun um, little side note, really. They, they teased that they were giving Spider-Man a sidekick. And people freaked out. People were so mad that he was going to have a sidekick because kind of spits in the face the whole point, right? He's a kid who gets superpowers. He doesn't need to be a sidekick. He's his own hero. Yeah, does um, the kid get a sidekick? What does that mean? Yeah, so they so they introduced Spider-Bite. It was written by uh, Tom Taylor, who is a really great writer. He got a bunch of uh, acclaim for his work in the Injustice universe, doing comic books for that. And has since uh, kind of done stuff on both sides, right? So he's writing Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, which is one of my favorite books right now. It's a great time to be a Spider-Man fan in the comics. You got Life Story, Amazing Spider-Man, uh, a new run announced today, bringing back some legacy writers. Ooh. Uh, yeah, like Jerry Conway and stuff. It's coming back to to Amazing Spider-Man uh, go big time or something like that. It's kind of a play on the, uh, the not big, more time. big time. Come I don't on. think it's going to be more big time. I think they're just kind of playing on that. Um but Spider-Bite was introduced in an issue of Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man, and it starts, and it's kind of this, like, wild adventure where this kid is got the same powers as Spider-Man. They're fighting the Sinister 60, and it's, like, every villain what? ever, and they're going to save the city. And then you start to notice as the panels go by that the art is getting more childish, that the backgrounds aren't these beautiful skies, but just kind of, like you know, a, a sky painted on a cardboard background and sneak attack. He is not a new sidekick. He is a dying cancer patient that Spider-Man has visited. It's kind of like a play on the um, the boy who collected Spider-Man. Ah, which was uh, remade in the classic 90s animated series with yeah. a little girl sort of taking the highlight of that role. Ah. So it's a modern take on that where you have Spider-Man kind of just making a wish come true for this little kid where he wants to be Spider-Man for a day and he's Spider-Bite. Uh, I adored the issue. That and Date Night 
with uh, Tom King's Batman run, those are probably my my two favorite comic books of modern time because they're just really great dissections of the character and like what it means where it's like, Spider-Man didn't need to be there. Like he didn't need to go visit a sick kid. He does it because it's the right thing to do. And this kid immortalizes him because, you know, it's he's, he's a hero and that's what he sees. Perfection doesn't need to be combat oriented. Like you said, it's literally what does it mean to be a hero? Exactly. And that, that issue, like as Spider-Bite does a great job when he's fighting Doc Ock and Green Goblin and the rest of the Sinister 60. Like it's it's a lot Sinister of fun. 60, come on. Um, yeah, like you see you see a bunch of great art in it and then you just get that sad twist. Uh, it was great for me. All right, so now I'm going to go down. I've got a list here. I'm just going to list off some highlights. I'm going to start with DC. These are just some general sidekicks to people. So I'm going to list them. As I'm going, shout out who they're for, Joe, will you, if, as I go. Aqualad. Yeah. Aquaman. Oh, is he here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my man. Hey. You talking my little sidekick, Aqualad? Arthur, you know, you come in a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. We don't have Mike here. Sometimes you run right out, you know, while I've got you here. Let me just ask, do we think that we're going to see uh, your your sidekick, Aqualad, in the new movie? Oh, probably not, but that's okay. You know, you could always watch Young Justice on the DC app if you need more Aqualad. That makes sense. You're kind of a dirty gypsy, so what would that be? Like a smaller, <laughs> dirtier hey, don't gypsy? Call me a dirty gypsy. <laughs> No, no, no. It was good seeing you. Get out of here. Oh, Goodbye. <laughs> Colin, you really offended Aquaman. Well, yeah, but then that whale came and swallowed him up, yep, so I'm not gone. too worried about yeah. it. He clearly had a place to go. Um, it's Ace the Bat Hound. Uh, <laughs> would you call him a sidekick? Would you it's call Crypto a sidekick? I'm losing my mind. If you had to list a sidekick for Superman, here's a debate that I would start. Would you say Crypto? Would you say Connell? Would you say Jimmy? Would you say, and this is the one I'll say, Lois Lane? I would not say Lois Lane. Whoa. Um, I would say Jimmy. The love interest can't be the sidekick. Lois contributes a lot to the Superman Oh, she can be a sidekick, but I think... (laughs) She can't be the sidekick. Yeah, like I wouldn't say she's the sidekick. It's Jimmy Olsen to you. I would say it's it's Jimmy Olsen more than even Superboy. Because Superboy is so much more like... Yeah. Superboy is most interesting when he has a terrible relationship with Superman. Yes, right? and he's on Young Justice. He's with other young people. Yeah, he's and it's not like an absentee father with, relationship. Yeah. Um, I like that way more than I like like the two of them teaming up because like he's fucking Superman. Yeah. Superman doesn't really ever need a fucking. No, what sidekick. would it be other he's than me? Superman. Like, well, I'm such the counterpoint to you, Mister Mister uh, Kal El, because I take the pictures and you fly around. Yeah. It's a, it's ooh, that was kind of like a white Bill Cosby. Actually, you know, what? I'm gonna. Back off that. <laughs> just, I'm not. I'm not positive where that was yeah. going. Well, and then you get him in the movies where he just like eats a bullet right away. He gets, oh, like, we're not going to talk about that at all. Uh, so let's go down. It says Robin one, Robin two, Robin three, Robin four. I think Robin two is a sidekick to Robin one, <laughs> and so forth and so on. No, obviously Robin the boy wonder, the girl wonder. Uh, yeah. Those are all sidekicks to the yeah. Dark Knight. So, I mean, we're talking Dick Grayson, we're talking Jason Todd, we're talking Tim Drake, we're talking Damien, who maybe gets the most hate. Do you have a favorite Robin, Joe? Um, We're talking Stephanie Brown, we're talking Carrie. Yeah, yeah. You gotta always throw those two in. I'm Frank Miller's wet dream. (laughs) No, 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 get out of here, Carrie. Go sit down, put your uh, slingshot away. Yeah. Why are you dressed like a Catwoman now? Oh, brother. Um, I'll tell you, I love 
Dick Grayson as okay. Nightwing, not as Robin. Okay, um, so we talked about him earlier. I mean, literally we said 1940. Dick Grayson is the first introduced sidekick ever. And to you, he's not wearing his underwear and slippers, Joe. He's a man. Yeah, I like him better as that, man. Okay. I like him better as even the even the disco Nightwing outfit, I would take. Okay, yeah. But to me, I mean, I think it's much more interesting... And it's important, I guess, that he's the first uh, sidekick to be the first hero who's kind of scorned by heroes and wants to do it his own way. And maybe um, our first transitioner. Yeah, like he he goes to the big times. Uh, and I like him better when he is trying to carve out his own path. Okay. Um, I think the best Robin is Tim Drake. Ooh, Tim Drake. Hot take. He, he sought out the role. Right. So if you're if you're not familiar with Batman comics, what happens is Dick Grayson is Robin. He gets shot by Two Face. Batman has a big freak out and he's like, you know, you're I'm benching you for a little bit. You don't get to be Robin anymore. I'm mad at you. And Dick Grayson says, you know, fuck that. I'm out. I'm going to go be my own hero. He comes back as Nightwing. Yeah. Uh, So then you have Jason Todd, who is caught trying to steal like the, the rims off the Batmobile or steal the tires off the Batmobile. He's just like a dirty street kid. And Batman's like, oh, I'll take you in like I took in Dick and I'll train you to be Robin. It doesn't work out because he is a madman and, and a little too into the violence. Definitely my least favorite Robin. Yeah, he gets killed. Uh, years later, we'll come back as the Red Hood. Then you have Tim Drake who is a kid who sees a unhinged Batman following the death of Robin. And this Batman is like pushing it too far. He's a little too violent. He's going out late at night just for the sake of going out. Like he's, he's patrolling not necessarily to stop crime, but to like make himself feel better. And Tim Drake notices this figures out who Batman is, which to me is like, yep, he's the best Robin. He is a detective on par with Batman. He figures out who Batman is. He goes to him and says like, you're Batman. You need a Robin. I'm going to be the new Robin. My name's Tim Drake. Let's Mm. do this. Tim Drake sounds a lot like somebody we saw in the movies, a Robin Blake, maybe? (laughs) A little bit, right? God, the Um, worst Joseph Gordon-Levitt in Dark Knight Rises. Is that what that was called? Yeah, Dark Knight Rises. That's a pretty name. (laughs) Robin, Robin Blake, because yeah. his name was John Blake, right? That was his something name. like that. I, I yeah. believe it was. I believe it was. Yeah. Oh come on! Uh, I yeah. love that you loved him, Tim Drake. I, I, I think, think he's the best for the job. And then like Damien, you know, he's his son. Like they have a great relationship. I like that too. I like when Dick is Batman and Damien is Robin. That's like Grant Morrison's run doing those two. Yes. Like never forget about me, father. <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on, Damien. Get back down there in <laughs> yes. the cellar. People do not like you. Yeah. Do you like Damien? I do. I think it's interesting like to have a character who's like. I like him more than Jason as a Robin. I mean, like, you know, Jason, again, like, I think a lot of these characters are best when they've become other characters, like Nightwing and Red Hood. Robin, like, they kind of, I feel like they knew, like, oh, he's just supposed to be Robin for her forever, so they named him Red Robin, and, like, that's that kind of lame really to me. That really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I don't it's like that. It's so uncool, dude. But, like, I wouldn't want to see him be anything else. I think, I really think Tim Drake is best served as a sidekick, because he says, like, hey, you have a void. I know how to fill it. We're going to work as partners together, whether you like it or not, because I know this is what's best for the city. To me, it's like, oh, okay, you're a great hero who knows his role, essentially, right? Yeah, and you said, I mean, if we could wreck a comic from this Grant Morrison, who we love from Doom Patrol and stuff, his Batman and Robin run where Dick is saying, I mean, you're talking about the greater good. 
Damien, you're crazy. I need to channel your crazy. Being Robin will help that. That's probably one of the cooler sidekick characters ever introduced. Well, Robin again, with a sword. <laughs> Robin with a sword's pretty fucking cool. And also it's about you know, balanced about uh, yin and yang, right? These characters uh, being good counterparts to each other and and a mentorship. And that that run with Dick and Damien is a great mentorship, which is like, you know, what the 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 bread and butter of sidekicks. Would you ever want to see Dick Bats in a movie? Would you ever want to, and we're not there yet, but do you think this Robert Pattinson, do you think he will have a Robin? Please. I would love to get to the point where we can just have a bat family like yeah. like let alone you know someone else taking up the mantle of the bat is that the route for the dceu which stop calling it that that doesn't exist is that the route for it to maybe if they're not gonna do these connected comic book universes if they're gonna do the character universes if we know for sure we're getting the trench with our man aquaman do we just get a bat family universe like why does he need to interact with wonder woman man that's all i've ever wanted from batman movies ever I mean, like, I love Batman best as, you know, there's a line in Hush where Catwoman says to him, you know, for a loner, you sure have a lot of friends. And I think that is like, like Batman Incorporated, another random run to, to mention here. Or, um, I mean, you have, we're talking about sidekicks. That is literally Batman is like, okay, I think I have five sidekicks. <laughs> yeah. I better like give these guys something to do. Um, I, you know, like I, I, that it to me, that's when Batman is best served as, Very cool. as a mentor to, to people who have gone through the tragedy he's gone through he's a kid who got fucked up. He helps fucked up kids. It's why would you ever want to see him do anything else? Like to me, that is the perfect Batman is a older Batman who is mentoring younger heroes. Uh, so I would love to see that. I'm not holding my breath, though, man. They keep rebooting every couple of years. Yeah, we're not thinking about that. But yeah. just to keep listing, so how about Kid Flash? We know who he's sidekicked to. Flash. How about Arrowette or, you know, Red Arrow? Red Arrow. Ooh, should we talk about Speedy and his, his heroin addiction? Ah, you're talking Speedy. So is that maybe the most interesting slash controversial thing ever created for a sidekick? To center a storyline around... My sidekick's an addict. Yeah. Oh, shit. I wasn't paying attention to my ward, and he got addicted to heroin. Yeah, I would say other than, like, when the fans voted to kill Jason. To kill a sidekick. That is the most uh, controversial or exciting thing that ever happened with a sidekick. I mean, normies, check it out. Like, what is the niche? What is the normie of sidekicks? Probably the biggest storylines are those two that we just mentioned. Death in a Family and this. A Green Arrow, Green Lantern run where... Not even best friends. Green Arrow and Green Lantern, Hal and Ollie do not like each other. No, they hate each other. They are opposing diametric views. I was always a Lantern guy. He's obviously always an Arrow guy. I love that. He's obviously the Republican in it, uh, Lantern, Arrow, the Democrat. Uh, And then for him basically to get called out and be like, hey, mind your own fucking business. Speedy's over there shooting up heroin. I mean, my God, guys. Me? Yeah, like, it's it's fascinating just to think that, like, yeah, they went there. I mean, like, comics do teach you things. They are about real people at the core, and it's it's an interesting story. It it, it spoke to the youth. Like, that was yes. something that was really happening, and it was cool to see it put in comics. That whole run was already touching on social issues. There was a lot of, and this is pre, um, you know, the, the John uh, Stewart Passover of the Green Lantern. We're getting a black Green Lantern. There was a lot of civil rights talk. There was a lot of hippie culture, young people of the day, which they were fucking doing smack on the streets. And, you know, hey, yeah, Roy got hooked. Weird bit, yeah. 
Well, speaking of like civil rights and like that kind of relationship, uh, Falcon. Falcon. Falcon and and Captain America. I mean, Falcon is introduced as a sidekick partner to Captain America, which was, hey, let's take our 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 icon of America and we're going to team him up with like a strong black hero because we want to show that that unity right at the gate. On both Captain America films has featured him heavily having a teammate first uh, Avenger obviously he's with Bucky before he's a Winter Soldier Falcon very heavily introduced in Winter Soldier do you like your sidekick is can a sidekick be a man to you Joe do you prefer it as a young ward or a boy who has a relationship with the character even going outside of it somebody like say Hawk and Dove or if you're talking evil how about Deathstroke and Ravager or Deathstroke and Terra, where you're getting a man and a woman who do have an inappropriate relationship. Yeah, I mean, I'll do you one better. Can Batman be a sidekick? Because I would argue that Terry McGinnis is a sidekick to, to Bruce Batman. Wayne. Wow, that's awesome. And yeah. I said Batman, you said Bruce Wayne. I said the right answer. <laughs> there but, you go. Uh, I, I thought for sure you were about to say, is he the sidekick to Superman as the character that's almost his moral conscious in so many comic books? Yeah. I don't know, dude. That's a very interesting question. I like my sidekicks best, and I think this is my my thesis point in the episode, is that I like a sidekick best when they counterbalance a hero. I like them best when they are a partnership of mutual trust and you can play with that relationship being manipulated. So you see things like Bucky becoming the Winter Soldier. I hate Robin you, Cap. becoming Red Hood. Like, you, you know, you see these kind of like, you wouldn't do this, I became this, and I became this because of you. It's a really good opportunity to, like, bring up character flaws by, by, by having characters who have different personalities. So I like sidekicks best when they highlight... Um, the flaws of the hero. Yeah, very often they are self-proclaimed corrections to the mistake of the hero. Like you just said, Jason says, you haven't put them in the ground, I do. Um, even look at the Punisher standing up against Daredevil, you know, following him around and stalking him and saying, I'm doing it right, you're doing it wrong. It is almost that moral opposition that empowers you to say, well, hold on, but also let me be with you to yell at you. Yeah. I am right. And it's also the light and the dark, right? I mean, you have Batman, the Dark Knight, the Cape Crusader. He wears black and yeah. gray and all these dark colors. And then you have Robin, the Boy Wonder, the who colorful. wears red and, and yellow and green and is optimistic. I mean, like, you need a balance in the characters and that is what i think sidekicks do best all right holy podcast normies let's hit it there let's jump in the movies of sidekicks because we definitely have a lot of characters that we're going to talk about how they've been adapted how they're going to be adapted on your left We're back. We're getting uh, kicked in our sides, and we're talking movies with sidekicks. We're not talking Chuck Norris with sidekick, (laughs) (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, I wish we could be, but we're talking movies with sidekicks, obviously, and if we're going to broaden it out to TV, first adaptation right away, we're talking Wards. You have to talk Burt Ward, the original Robin uh, uh, with Adam West, iconic. I mean, again, we're talking, what does it mean to be a sidekick? This is somebody Adam West would say, let's go to orgies and let's keep our masks on and have sex with eight women each. Is that a sidekick? <laughs> uh, I guess. I mean, it's someone you roll with. Um, have you ever read 
his tell-all? No, I would love to. I did. I read it when I was like 13 and Ooh, it was too young. fucking insane. Uh, and he has since come out and be like, hey, I shouldn't have said all those things. That was a lot of like publicists trying to tell me what to do because they were worried Shock about my value. career yeah, okay. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, while we're talking about Burt Ward, like his legacy is just as iconic, I would say, as Adam West's. I mean, Holy, for a long time. Is that what we're saying here? Holy sure. blank Batman. Oh, you know, you know what my favorite one is? Uh, yeah. Holy rusted metal Batman. Do you know what that one's from? It's from Batman Forever. It's from Batman Forever. It's Christopher O'Donnell when they they arrive on an island and and he says that obviously a throwback to Burt Ward in the 1966 uh, and show. Val Kilmer says what? Yeah, and Kilmer goes what? And he says. It's metal and it's holy and it's all rusted, you know, holy rusted holy metal, rusted Batman. Metal, Batman. <laughs> um, I mean, that's something that, again, you know, Gojira. We made the claim is so ubiquitous because it pops up in rap songs. Holy blank, Batman pops up in rap songs. Oh yeah, like it pops up. It's so much in pop culture. You can't say sidekicks aren't important. Like, Burt Ward paved the way by being a weirdo on television that, again, attracted young people to check it out. And I would say, like, everybody knows that. You know what I mean? Even beyond, like, you know, they introduced Batgirl in that show. Yeah. I don't think anyone thought Batgirl when they thought Batman's sidekick. They thought Robin. Like, like, that is who he was. The sexiest woman of all time. Oh, she was great, but her introduction was, like... She wasn't working with them, no. and that's kind of always how they've yeah, done her in media. It's like she's doing her own thing, and it's always Robin as the sidekick. Uh, but let's stay on him. So let's talk Robin adaptations, and I want to hear your favorite. Do you like Burt Ward in the total cloth? I mean, we're talking maybe a costume that my mom sewed for Halloween for my brother and I. I mean, you a know, that is times, like yeah. so weak and flimsy that literally anybody could get it and you think that can't stop a knife, it can't stop a gun. Can't do nothing. Do you like Chris O'Donnell in Batman Forever and Batman and Robin with the muscle suit, with the leather, with the pronounced cod piece? Yeah. Do you like... <laughs> yeah, cod piece. <laughs> <laughs> do you like Dead Robin, quote unquote, from the Ben Affleck, Zack Snyder, BVS universe, yeah. which is just a suit in the Batcave that we'd never get an <laughs> like, answer maybe to. Maybe he's Jared Leto, who knows? I don't know, man. Like, for yeah. me, they've, they've never, outside of Burt Ward, they haven't done it right. Okay. Like, I am dying for a universe where you have... Like, even if there was a line, BVS could have been my favorite Batman ever if there was a line where Alfred was like, should we call Dick? And he's like, nah, he doesn't talk to me anymore. That's all it would take. Even though Zack Snyder has come out and said that that dead Robin in his mind was Dick and not Jason, so that wouldn't work. It's all very confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like, let me ask you this. Um, would you want that Damian Wayne's or I'm sorry, Marlon Wayne's adaptation of the Tim Burton Robin sure, universe I where he was that. a mechanic yeah. or a kid on the street, right? That was sort of the vibe. It was kind of like my understanding and I haven't read up on this in a long time, but my understanding was that they were, cause that was happening when Jason Todd was the sidekick. Oh, okay. uh, so what they wanted to do was kind of blend the origin stories of Jason Todd and street. Dick and kind of just make him the first Robin who is like a tough streets kid who also had gymnastic experience. Oh yeah, you can't have too much more circus stuff if you're also doing the freaky Danny exactly, DeVito penguin yeah. circus. And it's like, I oh, guess, we can't so keep fair. doing that. Um I don't know, man. Like for me, Robin is important for Batman. All my favorite Batman stories are either 
because Batman and Robin aren't talking and things are going bad or Robin is solving Batman's problems like that relationship to me means everything because at the core I believe comic books are about characters they're about people and the relationships that they have and those relationships are defined by the partnerships right no 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 you really like uh frank miller's all-star batman where batman calls him trigger warning here retard to robin no no no. you love that relationship i I would take any relationship in the movies other than like the oh he's a loner he's alone not existent we get it man we get it we've seen it nine million times show me a batman who's trying Show okay. me a Batman. Lego Batman did a better job, oh, in my you know opinion, what? than anything Not else. Not on my list here, Joe. Is Michael Sarah maybe one of the best Robins? I think His so. His name is in, Dick. In He's very feature cool. films, yeah. I would say so. Okay, so we said it earlier. All the details we know. Robert Pattinson has been, quote-unquote, confirmed, that's kind of soft, as Batman. Maybe 90s set, if not a little more contemporary. Not a year one story. He's been Batman for two or three years. Yeah, and we're going to get a bunch of characters. Uh, Everything I'm seeing is kind of like, expect something like uh, the Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale books from back in the day, like Long Long Halloween Halloween and stuff like that, where you're kind of getting a bunch of villains in bit roles. I can't what Robin's role is in that universe. Do you Um, think he could? He's introduced in the sequel to that, and it's year one Robin, essentially. Well, let me just ask you this. Do you think logistically, or just as a cell, to audiences that it is at all feasible to in a movie have a child be in endangered situations as a child superhero kick-ass did it okay okay joe that's a fantastic okay so marvel's doing it right now absolutely well who do you say that with as children actual children on the front line spider-man spider-man is 15 years old in civil war spider-man as the sidekick to iron man almost the mcu presents (laughs) but really Um, that is kind of the universe that's there unfolding yeah unfortunately i was just kind of making the argument that like you could have a young person it doesn't you could have very true on that you're right spider-man tom holland is pitched as 15 16 whatever he's a young man or and in reality i mean the kid just turned like 21 a couple weeks ago. like he is a young kid absolutely but Robert Pattinson, he could be swinging around with a grappling hook. He could say, look at that teen eating out of a dumpster. Let me grab him. Because in my mind... That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Joe, I am transported back to the quote that you and I scream at each other maybe more than any other quote on the web. And it is, Batman forever, Harvey, I'm Batman. (laughs) The moment where we see Robin be born, and it's Chris O'Donnell, a guy in his late 20s. And that has always stood with me. It stood with me when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man in his late 20s at high school i'll never get over it yeah i mean that's just kind of like i mean think about like we grew up watching like dawson's creek and buffy and shows where like hold on james vanderbeek's shaving you're telling me he's not about to get his temps license (laughs) yeah like you know we grew up in a world where like being in high school meant that you were like going to bars and getting served like no questions asked like we grew up in a really weird time where and i guess it's still kind of going on like if kids are watching riverdale they're like oh i don't go to like sex parties yes (laughs) riverdale's not as bad as dawson's creek where literally i thought when i went to high school in the 90s somebody would give me a blazer like i would be graduated to wearing a suit to every class yeah that never that's kind of how it was yeah now we've gotten a little more loose and you do have like you know from from toby Maguire to tom holland please don't 
murder me spider-man fandom you know i'm a big Sam fan as well. <laughs> um, and like you know i love what they did with the character but like yeah he looks like a middle-aged man he does tom holland looks like a little boy you he could does. have a robin who looks like a little boy my thing is and i'm not i'm not holding on to it but america is holding on to it robert pattinson is from twilight he's mm. not gonna have a sidekick mm. people I mean, it's, I think it's the same problem a lot of these child actors are running into. Like, when you look at Daniel Radcliffe, do you see a man or do no, you see Harry it Potter? It would be very hard for me to buy an even younger person seated next to him. A name that I see thrown out a lot, Timothy Chalamet, the kid who's about to take over the Dune franchise, who's been so big the last couple of years. It's like, it, even if he stood next to Robert Pattinson, I would just believe they were brothers. Exactly. Not a father-son relationship. Father -son relationship. Yeah, no. Uh, my fantasy, and it's never going to happen, so this will be our last note on this. Please. Um, there were talks with Oscar Isaacs being approached when Batman casting was going on. More than anything, I wanted Oscar Isaacs to be Dick Gray, uh, Dick Grayson. Oh, I see what you're saying. More than anything, I man. wanted a man who was like, fuck, Bruce is drinking again. Like, I gotta go, like, talk to Batman. I hate that I have to do it. I can hang up on you. I've matured. I'm yeah. my own man. And then introduce, um, you know, like a young Damien or a young Tim or something like that, where you kind of have the relationship of, like, I was his sidekick. I want to help you get out of that. I don't think you should do this. It's not good for you. That to me would have been, again, like I'm picturing, I'm picturing like a complex relationship of a family, like like August Osage County put in a Batman, that. you know, and it clashes so Gotham. much with the rumors that we're hearing of like Vanessa Hudgens as Catwoman. Like yeah, everybody, it's seems not happening. So young, like yeah. like yeah, it's it's unfortunately they're skewing younger again, which is fine they're new 52 know. in it i mean he's yeah. taking years out of batman's life he's a young man again he's in a probably armored suit exactly. i would imagine i mean i like you know look it's it sucks for me that like ben affleck didn't work out like i would have liked him. to see we loved him on this pod oh yeah i think i think he is so far the best batman in the worst batman movies like i would have Easily. loved to see ben affleck and oscar isaacs duke it out over like well you abandoned me and like well you wouldn't respect me like that family dynamic i would have loved it man that that is what i would have been here for uh, i'm just thinking about them in triple frontier where and obviously it's on purpose but ben affleck's let his body go like the yeah. most out of any of them and i'm just thinking of fat man talking to you know gray-haired dick grayson dressed as nightwing that would really break my heart but it would also I, I be something we've never That's seen something i would have wanted absolutely man. right it would have been different it would have been a take on the character that is so important in the comics and just hasn't been explored in the movies uh one last thing about robin before we move on from his him we didn't talk at all about titans the dc universe show we, i mean there is, is a literal live action brendan thwaites star of gods of egypt how dare you oh, joe good, good 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 job knowing his name <laughs> I, know, I know everything about that guy because let me tell you i'm looking at some pictures oh but okay. my, my issue is is that that is maybe the show we should be talking about the most on this particular pod other than young titan or young justice um, but I don't like Titans. Have you watched it at all? I have not watched it, no. Okay. I mean, it's our ideal breakdown. It's literally Robin, Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, uh, Cyborg? No. No. <laughs> no, we'll put Doom him on Patrol. Doom Patrol. We're not worried about that. But we'll throw in some other weird people as well, like Hawk and Hawk Dove. Hawk and Dove, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, is that a good representation of the sidekick? Spoiler alert. I apologize, you know, to I know you, Joe, or anybody yeah. else. 
the final episode is pitched as a confrontation between Robin and Batman. The entire season is, I have bad blood with you, old man. You're abusive. We don't really see why, and we also, spoiler alert, don't see a cast Batman because we've talked on other pods. Ian Glenn from uh, Game of Thrones just got cast as Bruce Wayne. Who knows if we'll see him in the suit. But, you know, you said this is a relationship you like to see, that fiery passion. I need to see it fully committed on a show where Batman does back that up with conversation to the sidekick, not just him complaining to other people saying, no, no, you wouldn't like Batman, trust me. He's a jerk. And every other character saying, but he seems pretty cool. But he's Batman. But he's Batman. And I'm even Beast like, Boy. You know, Jason Todd is in that show. And yeah. he's like, oh, you're right. Fuck I'm... you. Like, I'm the new Robin. Batman's dope, dog. I love killing people. Now, Curran Walters from uh, our favorite show, Girl Meets World, plays uh, Jason Todd. I mean, wow. again. I did not know that either. You were blowing my mind with the facts yeah. of, of I'll, the Titans. I'll pull it all. Again, I'll rate the Reddit. I'm in the our Titans subreddit, Titans TV, I believe, because it can't just be DC Titans. Uh, I just have my own issues to pick with the whole DC streaming universe. Obviously, you know that every day I pray to the Lord above that Doom Patrol will not be canceled, but I I don't know. I'm not, I, I don't like the tone that Titans had. We're badass. Fuck Batman. All that campaign. I'm Robin. I've got the only good suit on this universe. I will also only be shot in full darkness. It's like, come on guys. Uh, High Top Films, if you haven't checked him out yet, he's a YouTuber who makes a lot of really fun uh, dissections of superhero videos and stuff like that. I'm I'm subscribed. I recommend you subscribe as well. He did a two-part series on Titans where he very roughly and even says, like, I'm not a professional video editor. I do this on YouTube. He just upped the contrast in everything and it looks so much better oh i bet dude i have a lot of gripes with the look yeah i thought you were about to recommend the youtube maybe the first youtube fan film i ever saw grayson that was oh, centered around wow, bad in the sun production right wow great have, incredible poll dude uh, i have not thought about that in a million years how fucking fun that is maybe is that one of the coolest things ever put to film? It what is. are those people doing? Oh my man? god! Well, you they, they do fight choreography and stuff like that. We oh, bat bat in the sun productions. Wow, what a what a blast from the past for me, Colin. If we ever if we ever get the Patreon off the ground, you and I will drink and watch Grayson and I'll, do I'll, commentary. I would and, and I will tell you literally exactly where I was in my buddy Aaron Epstein's basement, where he said there's some pretty cool people online. You know, like we should think about doing something for like Blade or like you know another comic character like this high top films got his start by doing a uh robin fan film wow so that kind of all ties our youtube stuff in together for robin but even back then even back then in the early 2000s people were like maybe batman's not the coolest maybe it's the guy in the crazy tights who has to take on that legacy and live with it while having his own demons and it just shows that like you know a bunch of young filmmakers identified with robin it worked congratulations dc comics detective comics you knew what people wanted and you delivered and created a legacy character that people are still adoring to this day through five different versions all right so we talked uh, a little bit about dc's kind of future with that big sidekick obviously there's more than just robin uh, I don't know if you just saw for Titans season two, they cast Aqualad as yeah, well. And you Superboy. Know. Superboy, it's yes. All Crypto. Again, are these the sidekicks? Who knows? Let's talk about the big Marvel one. I would say the most interesting upcoming Marvel sidekick based project is 
Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I would say for me, that's the most interesting project, period. These are two characters that I adore in the comic books and in the movies. I am so excited for this one. And you pitched it. I mean, flat out. They are both the sidekick to Captain America. Oh, yeah. Will And now he's old retitled? and gone. Yeah, I mean... like we know that one even did take over that mantle. So will it be called Captain America and the Winter Soldier? No. Uh, no. I think they're going to keep it Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think this whole thing is going to be about Falcon sort of rejecting that. Bucky sort of rejecting that he's rejecting that. And then uh, a miniseries billion-dollar franchise about them realizing someone has to be Captain America. I love that idea. Um, looks? Can I? Can I get a? Can I get a shave on Anthony Mackie for Falcon? Can I maybe finally get a haircut oh, on Sebastian Stan as well? No, oh. I do not like the beard on Falcon. And you don't like the beard on Falcon? It no. doesn't bother me. I like the short-haired Domino look for Winter Soldier with I the Domino do like mask. That look. Get me kind of back to that. For me, like. Get the gold out of the arm for sure, right? Um, no. Okay. I guess I would say it. It's not comic book accurate, sure, but like, get the red out of the star, and they did yes. that. Yeah. So I'm cool with it being a little gold. That's fine. Um, if you so so quick comic book lesson yes, here. Yes, sir. Uh, Winter Soldier. Yes, Ed Brubaker brought back Bucky, the sidekick from uh, the Captain America World War II era, had him be a Russian spy who was reprogrammed. He had long hair. He was a bad guy, part of the assassination that killed Captain America. Realizes he was a bad guy, becomes a good guy, shaves his head, becomes Captain America, hair grows out a little bit, Cap comes back. He becomes Winter Soldier again, and you get basically a Nightwing hair look, right. I guess I would say. I would love to see uh, Sebastian cut his hair and kind of have that be like, I'm over the past. Yes. I'm, you know, like, like very, you know, That's like the only reason looking in up. the mirror, yeah. cutting it and being like, okay, this is who I am now. Because we've had a lot of different looks with him, but not in the facial hair range. So yeah. it would just be interesting, like you said, to leave it behind. Can I ask Captain America Reborn, what is the color of the arm? All I can think about is the dope metallic Captain America suit. It's covered in um, silver black. It's it's covered in black yeah. because he's got the black up to the point yes. and the arms are black as well. Uh, but he's wearing like an that? actual suit. The arm's not yeah. exposed. Do you want to see Falcon's more traditional Captain America suit? Do you want to see it be a little more Falcon-esque? Do you want to see it maybe steal from Reborn? I mean, he could um, end up taking that more metallic look. I don't want to see it stolen from Reborn. Okay, you want that for Buck? I don't want to... I guess this is sort of a hot take. I think what would be best right now is if Falcon totally rejects the idea of being Captain America. Fuck this. Bucky also rejects it because i want i want falcon to be like well you do it man fine you do it and him being like well i'm not gonna do it i want them both rejecting it and then realizing hey what if we were both captain america and i want to see both of them wear comic accurate suits and not necessarily be together but be in no. different places doing yes. things as they captain operate america. as captain america You're which leaving- is sort of like the battle for the cowl uh, batman book where batman was gone and everyone was kind of like oh, okay i'll be the new batman like they were eager to jump to it and you saw a bunch of different looks i would like to see that for now and then you know see if we even need another like do you think falcon is ever going to be the captain america in an avengers movie i 100 do i think you he do. would be in the all-new avengers but let me ask you this because i think you're leaving out one key detail that i want to know in your pitch where they both are who's using the shield 
Is there two shields? Is there a... Oh, can we get the hollow? For, yeah. Is Bucky literally just running around with a gun at this point? Still? <laughs> at this point, for me, like it's... That. it's it's yeah. uh, Bucky has a giant... Like, in the comics, he had a giant fucking knife, a pistol, yes. and the shield. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was so worried you were going to say he's still got the Winter Soldier sniper rifle. No, I don't want that. I'm over gun. that. Yeah. I'm like, where are we? Come yeah, on. we don't need that. And like, like, but he's never used a shield in the movies. Yes, he has. He's used oh, okay. it in every movie. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I mean, like, in partially grabbed or he. So he throws the shield in First Avenger. He holds the shield oh, and blocks on the a train, blast dude. on the train. So fucking cool. Um, and then he catches the shield and throws it back when he's a villain in Winter Soldier. And then in Civil oh, War, Bucky, who they, <laughs> who the hell's who Bucky? The hell's Bucky? Yeah. You're uh, right. And then in Civil War, him and. Uh, Steve bounce it back and forth when they're oh, fighting for the Iron Man. Fight. Um, Dude, Iron Man, so badass. Yeah, like I would like to see that again. Like we, we talked about this in the Captain America episode. I think every Captain America has been important for America at the time yeah. that they were made. Bucky came at a post nine eleven world, and it was about a spy who was you know making up for past sins. It was kind of about like yeah, but the intelligence the act and stuff yeah, exactly, like that. Sure. Um, you know, and then you had uh, during the rise of the Black Lives Matter campaign, Civil Sam taking up the mantle and what it meant for a black man to be Captain America. I think those are both extremely relevant today. You know, the the Black Lives campaign or Black Lives Matter campaign is still like not as appreciated as it should be. There's still a struggle there. Flint, Michigan is still fucking trying to get clean God. water. And we have the Russian scandal on top of that. So I think like right now, more than ever, both of them are important, and I would like to see them both kind of represent the mantle. Uh, I don't know how they'll do that, how they'll balance it. Oh, I love what you just pitched. We're at the Triskelion. It's rebooted. Shield's back. Yeah. We're working for You them. go to Moscow. You go to Atlanta. Exactly. We're like, looking at a huge board that points out every flaw in this country that you just pointed out. Fuck. Things are bad. Let's figure this out. But- one last kind of important distinction that I think is very interesting to talk about on Falcon specifically, sidekicks versus animal companions. Falcon <laughs> has his own sidekick. Red Wing, baby. If you think about it, Red Wing. Yeah. Red Wing already not getting enough love and feature in the films. I would love it if he talked to that drone in I'm, the, so the stand I'm telling you, if the shield's on the back of it, I'm just thinking of the tech. I can't get over the logistics of this dude. Does he have Red Wing? Does he have the shield? Is are Bucky and him communicating through that? Does Bucky have a cowl on? I don't know, dude. Yeah, see, I really don't know. Does Bucky even have a domino mask? He's never worn a mask. That's not something... No one's really... But it does... It does matter now, because like you said, after Civil War, he is a international terrorist. That is how people know him. Like... People don't realize that he was fighting in Wakanda against Thanos. No. Like that's I'm not sure something Black people Widow know. wasn't like, hey, while there's only <laughs> By the 50% way, of us left, I'll go to the, you know, talks at the remaining yeah, government. I'm gonna go say, on the view and Bucky say, was a like, good Bucky guy. was fine. Black Panther's in charge of this country yeah. now. And would they Just even really listen, lay it out? No, you know? obviously not. Um we also know that like we're gonna get Baron Zemo returning. I hope we see Baltrax the Leaper come back. Um, I would love to see uh, George St. Pierre. Yeah, like I would love to see a connection from like old comic book uh, storylines. Like when Bucky took over the mantle, the first person he fights is um, Baltrax, and then there's a great Crossbones arc. Baron Zemo has been important for all of them. Uh, Serpent Society, who they kind of reimagined as like 
backwater racists were the first villain for Sam. I would love to see like yeah. Baron Zemo leading the Serpent Society. So you have that like, I'm going to take you down because you used me as a catalyst to destroy the Avengers. And, you know, Sam being like, well, I'm going to take you down because Steve would take you down because what you're saying is wrong. Uh, can I bring up one of my least favorite all-new Captain America Marvel Now trades that I collected? It's a standalone. It's not issued. It's it's almost like an annual. It, it has him go up against a longtime Captain America villain called the Scarecrow who uses yeah. fear toxin. Now, it's again, like they wanted to do Mad Bomb again and <laughs> well, didn't know how to yeah, do it. Yeah, but hold on. Now, how on, how on earth does the legal department at DC not jump on that immediately? Yeah, I don't know how you get around that one. I mean, that's brutal. Yeah. All right. So there's those are the comic book super or uh, sidekicks, but we have said that sidekicks expand beyond that. Do you have a a pop culture sidekick? Oh, you're I really love hot that. on. That's a fantastic question. Uh, we'll talk about video games in just a minute because obviously I think video games kind of breed sidekicks the most in pop culture because of player two. Yeah. You always need a Luigi to your. <laughs> We're Mario. both younger brothers. Exactly. <laughs> um, well. Okay, so the idiot younger brother who's going to play with Donkey Kong, what should we call the stupid spin-off of him? Uh, Diddy, Diddy Kong? Kong? <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's such an obvious play uh, of, okay. we don't even give a shit for that second younger yeah, brother. It is what it is. Um, but beyond that, we're talking the movies still. I would say that it would have to be Chewbacca. Chewbacca is the quintessential sidekick in that he's voiceless. You know, he he literally cannot communicate with anyone other than his hero, the person he is paired with. You know I thought they did him dirty in Solo. Oh, Colin, that's a great point, too, because you also have uh, Rocket and Groot. Yeah. You know, his yeah. Groot oh, yeah. Rocket sidekick. Where 100%. You, like, he can't even have them. So, so you said Chewie. I'm going to say another Hans or another Harrison Ford character. Sh- short Round. Oh, Indiana Jones really and, and Short Round, ma'am. Uh, another I think- obvious ploy, too, to be like, you know, people love the first Raiders or Indiana Jones movie. There's got to be a way to get kids more involved. What about a little Chinese kid? Yeah, in a, what if in we a put New the York little Yankees kid from, uh, you know, Goonies in it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but I think those two are like, they're, they're both Harrison Ford character or sidekicks to Harrison Ford where he's gruff and they are the comic relief in some way, whether it be. Ooh, no one understands him but Han Solo, or you call him Dr. Jones. You call him Dr. Jones. I'm so happy when we got to Crystal Skull or whatever Harrison Ford's eventually going to die doing, number five, that um, we haven't gotten an explanation on it. The reason of Short Round, of where he comes from, of their relationship, the reason that I don't like Chewbacca's origin in Solo is it does nothing to improve our history of the characters. It doesn't highlight any of their strengths as friends. It it literally just seems like a thrown-together scene to satisfy that they must have met each other somehow. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I mean, that's just a problem with Solo in general, right? Is they're answering questions I don't need answered. How do you get that last name? Yeah, like... What? (laughs) uh, It's just me. Oh, my Uh, God. You know, I like the idea of, like, they've always been buddies, and they always will be buddies. You know, it's it's Launchpad and Darkwing Duck. Yes. It's it's Short Round and Indiana Jones. It's, It's Chewbacca and Han Solo. They've always known each other. They always will. Yeah, and like you said, Groot and Rocket, there is something about that nonverbal compatriot where you can sort of be like, God, there's a lot of heart that comes through. Aladdin and Abu. Perfect. Look at the carpet even. You know, that. where's the humanity? You know, they, they, the carpet doesn't even have eyes. 
but he's cracking jokes. I mean, he's pushing Aladdin on his journey, and he's such a well-developed character that we know traits about them. That is what makes a good sidekick. Yeah. Again, back to the thesis. A good sidekick highlights and 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 shows the flaws of a hero. All right, well, let's play some good sidekicks then. We mentioned it before. There's been some sidekicks in video games. Let's go ahead and download them. We're back. We're talking sidekicks on a special Normies Like Us with just your host, Joe and Colin. What's up, Joe? <laughs> What's up, Colin? Um, Both player twos back in the day, players I Both right? The perfect way to put it. Like we said, video games, there's always that need. You know, when I think of, like, Batman, A Rise of Sun Tzu, like, literally, <laughs> I think of turning to my brother and saying, like, well, I know the two idiots who star in that game. There will be two people for us to play. Yes, Let's do it. We're doing it. You can't say that with Banjo-Kazooie. They're, no. like, one entity. You know, it's, you can't uh, say that with... <laughs> you know, as kids, we were lucky that, like, your brother even plugged in the controller. Yeah. He didn't do the, like, fake plug it in. <laughs> you gave so me you the get, Mad Cats, yeah. You, you get the, the, the Mario and Luigi, the Donkey and Diddy, uh the batman and robin those were all there but like you didn't have those with like you know at least when you were playing the turtles you could pick your favorite turtle if you and your brother didn't have the favorite turtle yes yeah there's no sidekick out of that yeah. i mean when we just talked battle toads out of zit or pimple or whatever their <laughs> yeah, who stupid you fucking be. names are yeah there is no you're not really arguing over yeah. that but if Mike was here, he would bring up uh, Last Kid in the Room Syndrome, which he always had as a kid, which Very is how you true. get stuck playing Donnie and like that kind of stuff. This is different because this is we're talking player one and player two. You know, yeah. you're it's it's an it's an NES and there's two slots you're yeah. filling them. Or we're talking something super modern like Injustice, where they're literally catering and saying we're filling out these character rosters. Throw some sidekicks in there. Yeah. People, love we know Robin. you want Robin. Exactly. We know you want Nightwing. Like, we're gonna give you, you those characters. MMA fighter Robin. No, I don't know what the <laughs> no, hood I don't. Up, shaved head. Yeah, like, don't like that. You have a band aid on your nose. You just got in a fight. Even they they do that with like the Arkham series where you have like too much. You know, it's it's a Batman solo game. Robin shows up and he's like, "Hey man, things are bad. You want me to like hang out and help?" And he's like, "No, go away." And that's like, another instance okay. where he's thirty four yeah. when he shows up, and I could never imagine playing him as a child in that it's video like, game. This is a solo game. Goodbye. Yeah, and those have had a lot of letdown. Some of the later ones of the Arkham series have had co op challenge modes, but how often have you and i said well are they gonna do a whole story mode where i'm nightwing and you're batman give me the dynamic duo mode man yeah. that's all i want it's and it happen. wouldn't be an episode of normies like us if we didn't bring up ultimate alliance oh, here we go. and in ultimate alliance you got four spots like me and my brother the first time i played that game it was me and my brother and it was like you get two and i get two, you get two who I are get your two. two and who are my two who are you guys what are your powers what's yeah, your guy yeah it's like okay well i want to be cap and spider-man and also maybe sometimes wolverine and like, right, i like, get spider-mans on every other mission then yeah yeah exactly those were always the battles but at least then you had like two slots and you got to choose you you know you you would have your main and your sidekick and your brother would also have his main and his sidekick i guess we're back at the question ultimate alliance 3 the promotion for it has heavily hit that you can play as sidekicks you're playing as miles morale he's got electric based attacks very different than 
That's He's not what I'm kid saying. That's our baby. question. He is Spider-Man. Kid arachnid. We're jumping back to movies, okay? Into the Spider-Verse. Is that a movie that is the first sidekick starring film where the hero takes a you know back seat? Is no, he dude, the? Because I'm saying that's not a sidekick. Peter B. Parker is the sidekick in your mind. Sure. Okay. They're all from different universes. It's Spider a mentor the and mentorship, which I guess, and that you know, like we said, it's all about the theme of like mentorship, and if that means they're automatically a sidekick because they're being mentored. I don't think so. I think okay. you can have a mentor and not be their sidekick. It can still be your journey. Ultimate Alliance 3, let's talk about the second big character then for this criteria, Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Now, that is a character, Joe, who post, uh, I believe it's the second trade even. So we're talking five it's or six second, issues yeah. in meeting First one's Carol. Generation Y, and then the second one is all of her fun team-ups, which I uh, adored. Awesome. Yeah. So not even directly a character interacting with their quote-unquote hero. Can you be the sidekick if you're just inspired by the idea of? Uh, see, again, I wouldn't call her a sidekick. I would yeah. just, uh, you know, she, there are issues where she teams up with Wolverine. There are issues where she teams up with Spider-Man. There are issues where she teams up with Captain Marvel. Yeah. Like, it's just her learning the ropes, you know, I think that is, I think Miss Marvel is the embodiment of Peter Parker when he first started. Right. You know, it's a young hero going it alone uh, who has mentors, but they're not necessarily, you know, sidekicks to those mentors. They're just there. Okay. You know, it's, it's not Batman Beyond where Bruce is in Terry's ear the entire time. He's the time. man in the chair. He's the person calling the shots. Exactly. It's Let's not that. get in a time machine real quick. This isn't our Miss Marvel. Carol Danvers is our Miss Marvel, Joe. Is Carol Danvers sidekick to Walter Lawson, to, Captain to Marvel? Back. Captain Marvel? I don't know, man. I don't. See, that's where if you said Kamala is uh, Carol's sidekick, I would say no because Carol was not a sidekick no, to that was just her name. Marvel. Her name was just yeah, Miss Marvel. Exactly. This comes again under the umbrella of inspired by, quote unquote, yeah. Hit Girl. Hit Girl, the sidekick to Big Daddy. Hit Girl was not the sidekick to Kick-Ass, even though they ended up working together and she not left Big Daddy, but, you know, the unfortunate circumstances, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert for that movie or those comics from a billion years ago. Yeah, Yeah, you're not reading this. Well, if you want to talk solo, uh, you know, yeah, read the Hit Girl solo run. That's supposed to be pretty good as well. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It is still a tricky question. But those are probably the biggest two that I would say from Ultimate Alliance that fall under our questionable sidekick umbrella that are getting the most attention. Yeah, because, I mean, you're not putting, like, uh, Spider-Gwen in that, you know? You're not putting Elektra in that. No, I'm not. not putting Those are very independent characters. But I would argue the two we said before, Miles and Kamala... They were champions, which was yeah. quote unquote a team of it was sidekicks. Exactly. Marvel what a ripoff. Yeah. We've got Lady Vision, you know, like <laughs> yeah. let's do it. I don't know. I don't know. You're right. Spider Gwen isn't a sidekick. I think we should throw it all out the door, though. I agree. And, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not playing it with an older sibling who's going to tell you who you can't be because they are picking them. All right, do you have any other favorite memories from the past? We talked Injustice. Uh, you can't play as, like, Kid Flash or anything. You are just no. Flash. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's Flash, but you can get, like, yellow suits. Same with Green, Lantern, or, uh, Green Arrow. You mm. can't play as Speedy, but you can or Red, red Arrow, but you can get a baseball cap, and you can skin it red. 
Okay, so let's jump back. I'll just throw out a random, not favorite memory, because this might be, if Dante's version of Hell exists, what I end up playing for the rest of my life. I know exactly what you're going to say. We've talked about it a few times today, Batman Forever, but the game for it, Joe. Wow, what a terrible game. What a terrible game. And it was like Mortal Kombat sprites, where they looked like they real looked, people. It was shot people. Yeah. It was shot people acting out, but fully colored cells. So Batman was blue, even though he was a man that I could see. Why color him all blue? Color him like Batman. Why make it so I don't know how to move forward or or pull out any of the gadgets that you teach? Pull out any of the gadgets. So I have a Sega, right? Plugged in. Sega, the controllers for Sega's had three buttons to your right, but also three buttons on top that just did the same thing as the bottom three buttons. That was the very confusing thing about the Sega controller, or at least the later versions of it. Um, You couldn't assign the buttons. You couldn't figure out this game. I had my father read the instruction manual that came with it from Blockbuster. As an adult, he couldn't figure it out. No. I mean, can you imagine something more frustrating? Game. I never no, had You could not game. own this yeah, game. It was a rental that... I think I played for three hours on a Friday night and then was like, fuck this, return it next Wednesday. I say, Dad, I don't know how to do it. It says I choose gadgets. It says smoke pellet. It says freeze pellet. I just don't know how to use it. It it just doesn't make any sense. Well, do you know how to move? Can you get through? No, I die on the same guy every time. I've been Batman. I've been Robin. The first person who punches me kills me. And it's just game over instantly. And but that is truly the quintessential sitting down next to my brother, us playing each Batman Robin. I don't think I ever played it solo by myself myself it was definitely a sit down and play comic book sidekick superhero video a game. much better version of that also on the sega genesis the adventures of batman and robin so much easier to manipulate so much true based on like the bruce yes. tim yeah looked uh, like look. the show yeah, it was it was off the animated series that if you're looking for a nostalgia blast do not go get the batman forever game you will get frustrated to this day Pick up that Adventures of Batman and Robin uh, animated game. So how about one of your favorites that you've pitched a thousand times on this pod if you listen to the past 50 episodes of readers of this podcast. Go back and listen. Spider-Man PS4. Spider-Man PS4, Joe, you play missions as Miles. Now, you're saying Miles is not the sidekick to Spider-Man. In Spider-Man PS4, I would argue, he actually is. Uh, Maybe. I mean, he says, you know, in the cutscene, he says, you call the plays, coach. So, yeah, we're working together. That... MJ, you're playing as MJ. Yeah. She says, no more, you know, you in charge. We're partners now. Exactly. They make that whole argument a bunch. So, yeah, I mean, I think they are, again, you know, <laughs> another podcast where I talk about how much I love Spider-Man and how much he means. But, like, it's Spider-Man has to rely on the people around him. Yeah. And it's not, there's no shame in that. It's about, you know, relationships. It's all about people at the core right that's what everything's about so that game does a great job of like mj you know she figures out parts of that mystery before peter Ooh, does she's a journalist yeah. now yeah and like miles is you know like people wouldn't have gotten their medicine in the finale of that game if it wasn't for miles and it ends with a literal post-cred scene where we know that spoiler alert uh miles gets the powers of the spider as well oh i think i was bit i have powers joe i don't think we've talked about on this pod that you know that we play i think we've just recommended it none of us had gotten to the end to talk about that part on pod that's pretty exciting for me for the second game and if you play the dlc like there are no miles missions in the dlc but he is on the phone and he's like hey 
you said you would teach me how to web swing. Are we going web swinging or what? Dude, you literally took the words out of my mouth. I was going to ask, I have not played the DLC you have, if there were any continuing references to that. There so are, very and cool. uh, Miles even points out where, you know, by the end of the DLC, Peter's learned a lesson. He's going to let Miles take risks, and he's like, get the web shitters I built you. I'm going to teach you how to do it. And he's like, cool. I recalibrated them because you had them to your weight and I weigh different than you. So I would have smashed into the side of a building, right? And he's like, oh, oh yeah, I guess that makes sense. Good Very catch, clever. Buddy. And so would you recommend that DLC, Joe? Or is it just more base clearing, tower defense stuff um, as somebody who didn't play it? Uh, Three chapters. If, if you are dying for more of that game, play it. I mean, for me, yeah, it was worth it. I think it's on sale right now on Ooh, the PlayStation Store. Um I mean, they're not as good as the original storyline, but you get some new costumes, you get some new battles, and you do get a little bit of a continuation with the Miles story only well, through but you conversation. Get, okay, but you get an original story, too, with Black Cat. Would you say Black Cat is Spider-Man's sidekick? Mm-hmm. I'd argue I had an arcade game when I was a kid where, and I'm not talking Maximum Carnage, where you were Spider-Man and Black Cat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I would say no, but I would also say that Catwoman is not Batman's sidekick. Oh, I would not Tom say... King saying cat and bat would really slap you right now. No, but that's not a sidekick, man. Ooh, it's a partnership. Okay. That's different. Okay. Okay. And or maybe, or maybe it's not, and this will lead into our final thoughts. Ooh. Maybe it's not. Maybe sidekick has evolved to partnership, and maybe that's why we love these characters. I love that. You're so right. You're so interesting. Let's jump. Let's wrap it up. <laughs> You said, I love that. I love you. You're so interesting. I, Mike, I love you as well. <laughs> Normies, I love you. Yeah, look, there's a lot of love on this podcast. And there's a lot of love for sidekicks. We're back. We're talking sidekicks. We're wrapping up sidekicks. Normies, we're happy that you came on us with this journey. Obviously, like we said, there's sidekicks in every platform. Well, when I read Stephen King books, you know, I really like the little kid uh, who helps out in The Shining, you know, to Jack Torrance. No, we, we get it. You know, recommend all the sidekicks on yeah. the planet to us. Gizmo. Is Gizmo the sidekick in Gremlins? He's a gremlin. You know, he's Short the title circuit. character. <laughs> is Johnny Five a sidekick? Is Scooby-Doo... The sidekick of Scooby-Doo. See, I would say no. You could be a mascot, not a sidekick. Okay, and you can be the title character and be a sidekick, or yeah, no, Batman instantly Beyond. not. See, I would say Okay, that. there Ooh, you go. Maybe a sidekick is all-encompassing. Maybe people identify with sidekicks so much because we see a bit of ourselves in them. We see ourselves being mentored. We see ourselves growing and evolving and you know having difficult relationships with the people who got us to where we are and and the people we're gonna be yes every work of fiction literally has people bouncing off each other that's the only way you can drive a story forward does it always mean positive workmanship no uh again we wouldn't say that sidekick always means a positive experience with your hero quote unquote no and a lot of the best stories are the ones that are the most tempted between the two yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, let me ask right here at the end, give me your favorite sidekick and say who won. You know, we, we didn't do too good of a job. I listed a lot of DC people. I'll list some Marvel ones real quick. 
like Deadpool has maybe five sidekicks, Blind Al, Hydra Bob. Yeah. Uh, if you want to talk animal companions again, Squirrel Girl has <laughs> Nutso. Yeah, and, nine million of them. Yeah, yeah. all Every those little ridiculous things. Um, yeah. Uh, what is your favorite sidekick, Joe? My my favorite sidekick is Robin, and I'll leave it at that without saying which one. Okay. You know, each one fills a different void. Each one is important for a different time period, but. I love Batman the most when he has a Robin because that Robin is going to tell him what he needs to hear whether he likes it or not. I love Robin as well. Let me ask you this before I say mine. Do you like him as a concept? We saw a couple years ago, I am Robin, we are Robin, um, Robins Unite, a couple comics like that that were basically like Occupy Gotham essentially where a lot of people just took on the blank moniker quote-unquote Robin, I think you have to be a character. I like Dick Grayson. I like I like them Glenn. as a character because they're each and look, like we could do this podcast totally on Robin. Like I could give you a deep dive on every single Robin. Uh same thing with Captain America and Bucky and Falcon. Like each sidekick represents something that the character needs at that time. Uh when it was, you know, in the golden age, you needed someone to balance out Batman's darkness with a lightness. When Batman was, uh, you know, like the the darkest character ever, you needed someone who was a little more light. You needed someone who's going to, to keep him from going full Punisher. Uh, so, yeah, I do think they need to be a character, not a concept. Because, you know, New York is a character in Spider-Man. It's not his sidekick. Well, it's the fifth girl in Sex in the City, Joe. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> um, Boy, this is such a hard one. Who is my favorite comic book sidekick character? I think there does have to be a distinction between animal and actual sidekick. I like goofy compatriots like, we didn't mention him, but like Lockheed, you know, uh, Kitty Pride's little dragon sidekick. Joe, we're about to see that adapted in the new Mutants movie as like a stuffed animal, so not really. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, that as well. Um, Or like a crypto... Or like I said earlier, I think Lois Lane, you know, is the sidekick to Superman. You know, she had Lois Lane adventure comic books when there were Superman comic books. She was described as Superman's girlfriend, sure, but... A sidekick fills a void, right? Yes. And and sometimes that's an animal, sometimes that's a, a lover, sometimes that's a, a teen ward. Yeah. Hopefully not all three. Yeah, hopefully not all three. So I'll follow you. I'll say Robin as well. He's the quintessential. I think normies, when you think of sidekick, you're going to think of that little black domino domino mask. You're going to think of a tiny cape, and you're probably going to think of underwear. Holy inferiority complex. Do you remember that one? I do, I uh, do. From Scrubs? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's totally niche to normie, and hopefully on this episode we took you on that journey. At least you're not the Alfred. Oh, (laughs) Damn you, uh, uh, so real quick, how about that? A compatriot like a Wong to a Doctor Strange or an Alfred to a Batman, a manservant, a, a, a Jarvis uh, to a an Iron Man. Man. Yeah. Um, I don't like that either. I would like a little more dynamicism between Those the are like characters. Those relationships yes. and stuff. Oh, very point. true. That's You're not, absolutely you know, right. That's a mentor. Every, I think it's important to make that distinction of like a sidekick is not every person who appears in a hero's life. The sidekick's job is to support the hero, uh, show the hero's flaws, and at the end of the day, get the job done together. Right? They're out there adventuring together. They're they're buddies in in they're they're dynamic duos. 
much like I would say we are, my friend. We sure are. Um, you know, and you don't see that. We're a screenwriting duo. That's what we try to do. You don't see a lot of like cops have, you know, I guess assistance as well. Paralegals for lawyers. Where is the sidekick to professions, right? Yeah. EMTs and doctors. <laughs> yeah, and they can't just be assistants. They no. gotta be. They gotta be. Uh, their no, own, you're there. You're life. with each other on that front line. That's yeah. what's important about it. And thank you, Normies, Avocados for following us. <laughs> Avocados a lot. Following us on this front line. Um, we appreciate it. And that's been it, Normies. Check us out like you always do on all our socials. Add Normies like us. Recommend any episodes you want to check out. Yeah, if there's any sidekick we talked about today briefly or in detail like Robin that you want to see a full episode on, let us know. Do me a favor. Jump on Instagram. Press that email button. It'll send a message to all three of us right away, and we can uh, we can chat about what you would want to see in the future. Oh, I got to talk about Aqualad. Why didn't they mention him more? <laughs> oh, did you say Aqualad? It's uh, me, my man. Oh, I'm mad that you came back, oh, Arthur. Gosh, goodbye. All right, let's wrap it up here. Uh, this has been Colin Ladd. Uh, and the Joe Wonder. There we go. All right, thanks, Normies. Till next time. <laughs> Oh, hell yeah. This is Aquaman, and if you enjoyed that episode, I'd really appreciate it if you give it a like, share, and subscribe on iTunes, and you'd really be one of my man if you share with a friend. We'll be seeing you around.